0: Hello listeners of A Year Ago Today, I'm your host, Tyla Fowler. Thanks so much for being here. Another week, another episode. It's so funny, it feels like such a huge accomplishment to even have arrived here to record this intro for you. Because right now, I don't know if any of you listening out there can relate to this, but the day-to-day has been so emotionally overwhelming (laughs) that... Showing up for each and every one of my commitments is feeling like a huge reason to celebrate. So I'm celebrating myself for being here. I'm celebrating myself for having re-listened to this episode. I was having some resistance to re-listening to it, which is interesting. I often receive a whole lot more when I re-listen to these conversations. The more I re-listen to them, the more I learn about myself, which is the really incredible thing that happens when you listen to yourself talking. Um, anyway, so I'm going to tell you a, a few things before we get to the episode. First of all, I want to tell you that this week I'm talking to Caitlin Edgar. Caitlin is a coach and mentor and dear friend and soul sister of mine. I have worked with her in a coaching capacity Um about a year and a half or two years. We talk about that some in this episode. She is a phen- phenomenal human and she is often launching new programs and taking new clients. I believe right now she's enrolling um, in her intuitive coaching school. So if you're interested in becoming an intuitive coach, you can go learn that from her. She's fabulous. I love her. I will put the info to wherever she wants people directed in the show notes of this episode. If you look and they're not there, please check back in a couple of days. Like I said, right now, it's taking everything I have to just kind of show up at the baseline for my commitment, so anything extra might take me an extra day or two. However, I will get there. Um, And if all else fails, you can look her up on social media and find her yourself because... Even if I can't manage to spoon-feed the things to you, I trust that you are totally capable of finding them, and as much as I would like to make your experience easy, (laughs) I gotta take care of my own mental health right now. And So, there are some things that may fall through the cracks. Doesn't it sound like I'm not going to get those in the show notes? That's what it sounds like to me. Well, we'll see. Regardless, look Caitlin up. Follow her. She is a joy to follow on social media. She's always giving me reminders that bring me back to the truth of my soul. (laughs) Okay, before we go any further, I want to say, like, first and foremost, like, this episode is about me going on retreat with a coaching sisterhood to a seaside villa in Mexico, and it feels important to say that I am aware of the incredible privilege it is to be able to attend something like this. There's so many conversations we could go to right now about money and privilege and healing and who has access to what resources, and I don't have access to the resources to have that full conversation right now, though it is a conversation I'm having in my life in an ongoing way. So I don't intend to gloss that topic over. However, I need to be aware of my own bandwidth and of your bandwidth, And for now, let's just, like, acknowledge I'm incredibly privileged. And the experiences that I'm talking about in this episode and the experiences that I've had to be able to work with high-dollar coaches are a reflection of my privilege. And there's a lot for me to unpack around that. If that's activated something for you, I hope that you'll call in support unpacking that. Um, I offer support if you would like to... (laughs) If you would like to offer me money to support you. I'm super open to that. I take coaching clients. um, Yada, yada, yada. Okay. So, we've established. I'm privileged. I'm aware of it. Moving on. (sighs) Okay. So, in this episode, I mention a segment on this podcast called Monday Night Raw. Back when I had re- just like the podcast had just been resurrected in in March and I was feeling called to create all this extra content I had Monday night raw which eventually turned into Tuesdays with Tyla and it's now it's like not a thing anymore. I will link back to the original Monday night raw that I'm referring to in this episode in the show notes maybe if I get around to doing show notes, you know. You guys, if not, you can like scroll back in the podcast feed and find it if you're interested in listening and you may not be. In which case, don't. Um, I just wanted to let you know in case you're like, oh, Monday Night Raw, she doesn't do that anymore. You're right. I don't do that anymore. It was taking too much energy and I was encountering too much resistance and I've been going through things in my life that are so raw and so real that I honestly haven't trusted myself to show up and just speak into a microphone, um, which is what the original intention of that segment is and which is how I seem to now be handling the intros to these episodes. So you'll see the energy hasn't been lost. It's just been translated over here. It's good for me to recognize that. Okay, so in this episode, Caitlin and I are talking about an experience at a retreat in Mexico. If you've been listening and following along, two weeks ago, there was an episode between my mother and I and we talked about a big fight that we had in Mexico. So if you're trying to, like, follow along the journey, that happened. And then, like, the next day, we went into this retreat. And then a few days later, this ceremony that we're talking about in this podcast episode happened at that time. So that's just in case you're trying to connect all the dots. I'm trying to help you put it together. <sighs> okay. Okay. So why was I resisting listening back to this podcast episode? After I listen back, I always know the answer to that. It's because in my real life right now, I have just gone through a whole nother layer of growth around everything that we talked about in this, um, in this episode. So... Again, if you've been following along, and if you know me, you will probably already know some of this, and if I'm repeating myself and you're tired of it, I encourage you to fast forward or turn off this recording, because you have the power to do that. But for those of you that haven't been following along, I'm going to just briefly fill you in. Um, so the podcast came back late March. I recorded a whole bunch of episodes, and they're coming out one at a time, weekly. So there's like this time release thing. Since then... About a month ago, my partner Matt and I decided to split. We've been together 5 years and the split came as a real real shock to me. <laughs> so <sighs> Sirens ring true. Just let those pass. So in the midst of this separation from Matt, which originally felt like it was just going to be a break, you know, but then the more space we took, the more it started to feel like this is not a break, this is a break up, like there's a very serious misalignment in the relationship that he and I were having, a couple of them actually. Uh, And... the super interesting thing is that I've had to really, really, really practice surrendering my attachment to him and to the life I had built with him in my head and the life that I have been holding on to as my future. So essentially with the dissolution of this relationship, I don't mean to sound melodramatic, but it's kind of like every single solid plan that I had for my life has totally dissolved. So, in this episode, we're talking about a self-initiated ceremony where I have a funeral for myself, and I through that, I come to the understanding of, like, this the peace of experience, like, the peace of people arriving when they're meant to, and the peace of people exiting your field when they're meant to, and, and how that transition can really be a peaceful, beautiful one when you are fully accepting and embracing it. However when we aren't accepting and embracing of those exits, entrances and exits in our lives, when we cling to the people and the things we have known, it creates a lot of pain and suffering. So that's not to say that there isn't a place for grief. Believe me, I have been doing so much grieving since Matt left. Um, It's pretty much a full-time job, grieving. And I guess what I'm trying to say is that All of these lessons I'm talking about having learned in here and that Caitlin and I are discussing and deepening into together are things that now I have an even deeper, more nuanced understanding of because all of these themes, (laughs) surprise, surprise, just as magical as time is, you know, between the time that this was recorded and now the time that it's being released... All those themes have come back up in my life in this even bigger and more intense way. You know, and this time it, it wasn't a fake funeral for myself. This time it was the, the death of my five-year partnership. And I don't know that I need to say much more about that. It's simply very interesting to pay attention to the themes that are coming up in our lives repeatedly, to the lessons that are coming up repeatedly, to the opportunities that present themselves over and over again for us to learn to let go of our attachments and surrender to God's will (laughs) or goddess's will or the will of source or universe or whatever you want to call it. All right, everybody. So I think that's it for now. If you have any questions at all for me, you can email me at a podcast at gmail.com. You can follow me on Instagram at Tyla Fowler, where I share a lot of my personal life, if that's fun for you. You can also follow the podcast, A Year Ago Podcast is our handle on social media. And if you have the time, it would mean a lot to me if you would rate and review this podcast on iTunes, share it on your social media, let me know that you loved it. keep the energy moving pass it forward pay it forward share the love free love I don't know you guys it is Wednesday and it's hot and I'm proud of myself for having recorded this intro because I didn't know whether or not I was going to be able to get it done today so I did enjoy the episode (laughs) Hi, It's so funny always because we just had our little pre-conversation and then we're saying hi all over, but now that we're officially in the energy of a year ago today, welcome.
1: Thank you. It's an honor to be here with you. Oh
0: my gosh. I'm so thrilled to have you here. (sighs) You and I haven't had a proper
1: Mm -hmm.
0: conversation in such a long time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This is special. Very special. (laughs)
0: So, before we dive into the topic at hand, there's something that I wanted to share with you. Mm. And as I explained a little bit before we got on just now, last night I recorded my first ever installment of what I'm calling Monday Night Raw. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I drew a roomie card before I began that, and it was so present for me that this anniversary that we're going to talk about today was like looming and I drew this card and just had my breath taken away by the mm. synchronicity and the alignment of this card so
1: mm.
0: I would like to share with you the card
1: I'm listening I'm ready
0: <laughs> let's hear it so the card is the number one card in the deck which I always find interesting mm-hmm And the title of the card is Beyond Death, Life. Mm. I know. (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to read you the short little roomy poem Mm -hmm. that comes with the card. (sighs) Okay. Footprints lead to the shore of the sea. Hmm. Beyond that point, no trace remains mm-hmm. <sighs> <laughs> so if you wouldn't mind Caitlin telling everybody what we're here to talk about what was
1: going on a your coach today well so we were in Mexico mm-hmm. mm, with the most beautiful group of women mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Just incredibly, incredibly magical, magical beings, truly filled with so much love. Um, And it was the Angels of Intuition Retreat, which was a group that I was um, guiding, facilitating space for. I was facilitating the retreat. And we were preparing for your priestess ceremony. And so the priestess ceremony being um, a container where um, each person has time to self-initiate, meaning lead a ceremony for themselves and guide a ceremony for themselves um, to initiate themselves into what it is that their soul is calling them to. And um it was your ceremony day and I think you'd come to me the day before mm-hmm. and yeah um you came up to me and you're like okay I think I know what I want to do for my ceremony it might sound weird which <laughs> right off the bat I was like please do you know me at all because um you know very little seems weird to me um but you were like and I think that what I want to do is have a funeral and I was like, yep, you know, <laughs> didn't phase me at all. I was like, this is perfect. Okay, you know, let's just let go of any weirdness around it because this is definitely, definitely guidance from your soul. Um, and so we were preparing for this. So the next day we were preparing for this funeral and I was, um, yeah, I remember getting everyone letting everyone know kind of how it was going to go down because you basically asked, you asked me to be the, um, the master of ceremonies uh-huh. and to really guide the entire unfolding. So I remember, you know, getting all the other women kind of together and um, sort of filling them in the best that I could on the depths, um, the power and the depths of what we were about to experience, even myself only kind of having glimpses of how profound it was going to be. Um, But I don't know that any of us really knew completely what was about to transpire um, going into during and after that funeral. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah,
0: me too. I was... So while you were preparing everyone, mm-hmm. I had taken it upon myself to go out to the place where the funeral was going to be about an hour in advance of the time that my ceremony was intended to start.
1: Uh huh. Which I just think, Tyler, we just need to let everyone know that it was literally at the edge of the sea. Yes. Right. Just <laughs> with the roomy card, like that's very important. It's very important.
0: Picture. (laughs) Yes, we were. um, You know, we're at this beautiful villa in Mexico, right, right up against the ocean, and yeah. So I found a spot, you know, shaded by some palm trees, and I committed Mm -hmm. to an hour, a full hour of laying in shavasana, Mm -hmm. before the ceremony even began. And when I made that decision. It didn't really occur to me that I had never meditated for a full hour before, Hmm. so it was really interesting because by the time you guys got there, I was already having such an incredible experience because I had been,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: well, really, really committed.
1: Yeah, and letting go. I mean, how much do we let go of just meditating for two minutes? (laughs)
0: It's so true. It's so true. Uh, okay, so now that we've given everybody a little context around where we were, I would love for both of us to close our eyes and allow those energies from a year ago to really come back to life, and then when we both feel like we've landed, both of us to share in one we- one word how we were feeling as we moved into this um, experience together. So does that sound, that sound
1: okay? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I'm already there.
0: (laughs) Okay. Good. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and shut my eyes and breathe. Whenever you have your word, feel free to say it. And I'm going to find mine
1: too. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. The word that comes is serene. Serene.
0: I thought my word was going to be committed because I've obviously been thinking about this interview since we set it up. However, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the real word that surfaced just now for me was unattached.
1: Mm. Hmm. Wow. Really different from committed. Hey, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Unless
0: you're committing to
1: non-attachment, I know. I was, <laughs> that. I was like, or maybe it's almost the same thing. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, it's so interesting because that that hour of meditation leading into the ceremony mm-hmm. really was incredibly challenging. You know, you're yeah. There's like the discomfort of your body on the ground. There's like bugs crawling on me, and I really like literally did not move mm-hmm. for an hour.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And what was so interesting is that, you know, you you can't really keep track of time mm-hmm. in meditation. Mm-hmm. And so I was present to the fact that I had no idea how long I'd been laying there. And so I also had no idea when you and the other women were going to enter my field. Right. And I actually remember having the thought like, okay, I'm ready for them to come now. And like literally within 30 seconds, you all appeared.
1: Right, right. I remember you saying that. And I was just like, oh my God. (laughs)
0: Yay. It's like I summoned them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So... Like, what's the best way to even describe this to people? I guess I should share that mm-hmm. in advance of this, I had I had brought a lot of old journals with me on this retreat.
1: Mm-hmm. I felt
0: guided to do that. And the day before, I had told everyone, you know, kind of what's going to happen. And I put all my journals out on a table. And I was like, all right, you guys are welcome to pick up and go through all of my things. And if you find something that resonates, maybe consider... Reading it at my funeral. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so everyone everyone kind of came with something. And some people read words that I had written. And some people, you know, chose to share differently.
1: Right, as they're offering at the funeral, like in mm-hmm. the service. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: Would you share with everybody, I had asked you, you know, to kind of facilitate and we ended up agreeing that you would lead the women in chanting a mantra. Can you talk a little bit about that? Mm.
1: Wow. I actually had forgotten that that even happened with the mantra. Um. Yeah, well, I mean, I feel like I kind of want to talk about like what it was like leading, like walking up. Is that okay? Can we start there? Yeah, of course. Okay. So so yeah, I had just finished kind of letting everyone know like um you know, yes, you know, technically Tyla is still alive, but also like really this is this is a death. And so we're going into this um really honoring that there is a true real death happening here for Tyla and we're honoring the life that she's lived up until now. Um, and so we were really dropping into that space of, um, you know, like really feeling it, you know, and, um, approaching you while you were, you were laying there and it was, and I think this is where that word serene was coming from. Cause it really was, it was just you know, the green grass and then the sand and the ocean waves and the palm trees and just like a gentle breeze, you laying there just so peaceful and beautiful. Um, and I don't know if we'd put the flowers down before you got laying there or after, but we had surrounded your body with, um, with these really bright pink flowers so a big circle around you Um, and then everyone gathered in a semi-circle kind of like facing the ocean Um, and I think that what happened was I did a little intro just welcoming everyone into this sacred moment um, and time to celebrate this beautiful woman who we love so much Tyla and um, and then I don't remember which mantra we started off with. Do you remember Tyla?
0: Yeah, you did the the a call mantra, right?
1: Right, right. And did we and we started with the mantra?
0: I'm pretty sure that what happened okay, so I'll tell you as I remember it. I'm laying yeah. there forever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then you guys <laughs> came into the space, and I felt like the mantra was really kind of the opening of the ceremony um that you like you know you kind of welcomed everyone to the circle and then went into the mantra part Mm -hmm. of it pretty quickly and and then after that it unfolded into each person sharing their offering and like the placing of those flowers and everything
1: Mm -hmm right well I think that we had a circle around you but then there were also flowers that we placed on you after but the circle was there the whole time
0: Mm. I wouldn't know because my eyes were closed (laughs)
1: I know I know but like I just it was so beautiful you know like seeing that circle around you like it was Mm -hmm. it was stunning so then I must have I must have done that circle around you as soon as we got there Mm -hmm. if you don't remember that part so yeah so the mantra akal means undying and um in the tradition of Kundalini Yoga, um, and you know the word "a call" comes from the Siddhi Guru Granth Sahib, which is the sick, um, sacred book of the Sikhs, and it means undying. And so, when someone is transitioning from their physical body in that tradition, um, they would chant a call to support the um the person who's transitioning in moving fully off the planet um, so you know in helping their souls to and their spirits and everything that's leaving the earth realm to move through the akash um, and fully off the planet so that they can you know unite fully in the in the spirit realm with divinity um, And so that's what we started. Yeah, that's what we started off with. I'm remembering it more clearly now. And, um, that mantra is, it's like a long drawn out the way that you chant it. And so just that alone is just so moving and deep, um, so sacred, you know? Um, and I think, us dropping into that space was really what brought us into this like whoa okay like this is like something that's really happening you know even like as much as our minds were a little bit like you know doing their mind thing <laughs> we were really dropping into like okay this is like real you know and it was really powerful.
0: Mm-hmm. The a call. It's it's almost like a wailing.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is, and you can hear like you know just such a deep grieving. Um, I've facilitated other ceremonies for people who've um, left their bodies for good, and it it is it is. Uh, I don't even have words, but it is like a wailing. Yeah, it's like a it's like a deep deep grieving you know just really reaching the depths of love that you've shared with that person you know really 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 reaching into that deep place of love mm-hmm. that's how i experience it
0: mm-hmm. and i don't know who said this afterward one of the women <laughs> one of the women said that while you guys were chanting she actually felt a little bit of fear that my soul might actually leave my body. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. I could see that.
0: That was interesting.
1: Yeah. Well, because it, it was very real for us. And, like, I remember at one point hearing you share that, like, you felt just very peaceful while it was happening. And for all of us, like, you know, we were saying goodbye to someone who we loved a lot. And it was real, you know it it really was so i i can understand that fear that that person shared for sure
0: yeah it was really incredible the experience that i had because of course i know that i'm still there you know mm-hmm. <laughs> like i'm very present to the fact that i'm still very much alive and i'm just mm-hmm. in a meditative state <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it was so interesting because it was an experience where it was like the emotions that everyone else was feeling Mm. were like moving through my body. It felt like Mm -hmm. it felt like this experience of being a channel for everyone else's feeling. Right. And also I really honored my commitment to like not cry myself. I think I did maybe have like a tear or two, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but to not cry and to not laugh and to not move. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I remember thinking that my commitment was no longer about me, that at that point, my commitment was about holding the space for everyone else to have the experience that they were having.
1: Right, right.
0: And I think going into it, I didn't really have any idea that what I was really calling in I think it was Gabby who said it to me afterward, that it was like a safe space to play with grief.
1: Mm. I love and that. To,
0: like Feel the depths of grief mm-hmm. in a way that was so safe. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I also remember there was one point at which there was a lot of crying happening and <laughs> mm-hmm. I thought... I thought to myself or really I thought to you guys, like I was trying to communicate to you non-verbally, like, it's okay. I'm still here. And right then there was like this big gust of wind. And I had this moment of being like, Oh my God, (laughs) like the wind just communicated on my behalf. And after the ceremony, Meredith said that she had felt that gust of wind and when that gust of wind came she felt like it was me saying I'm still here
1: mm. oh, that's so beautiful <laughs> well I mean okay I'll just be the first to say that I'm pretty sure the majority of the crying was coming from me <laughs> um like I mean no we were all crying but like there was a point when, okay, and I think we also need to tell everyone that like your mom was one of those sisters. Mm -hmm. Sally was one of those sisters. Mm -hmm. um, And, you know, how many of them were also people like you and I had been working together for well over a year, like super intimately. Yeah. Um, And then of mm -hmm. course
0: I'd been in the first round of Angels of Intuition. Yeah. With, you know, with Gabby and Meredith, both of whom have also been on the podcast, you know, it was right. My dear, dear people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, that just, that felt important because, you know, so I'm looking and I'm seeing your mom grieving you and, um, you know, just the whole thing was just, and then I, okay. And so I was filming, um, I just felt like I needed to film some of it. And then, at some point, because we were all taking our own turns, going up, saying, well, we were saying the things from the journals, or whatever other things that we felt called to share, and, um, and then after sharing that piece, going up and putting the flower on you, and having our moment, and then coming and sitting back down to continue holding space for the unfolding, and so when it came to be my turn, (laughs) <laughs> um, I was just, I was like, okay, great. And I, I think I read a little piece from your journal and I said a few other things. And then I came and, you know, I had been feeling this coming, you know, like there, you know, you were transforming into a different person. Um, you know, Tyla, as I knew her in my life, um, on the earth was changing. And I didn't know what that looked like. And, you know, this is part of all deaths that we all experience through different cycles of our lives. And so I had been feeling this coming and again, like, I don't think that my mind fully understood as it doesn't, you know, Mm -hmm. what all I was letting go of. Um, but in that moment, when I sat down next to you, and I just really let myself surrender to that love that we share. And and I started wailing, like really wailing. And I just my I threw my body down on you, and I was just sobbing and sobbing and sobbing. And um, I just surrendered. And and it was vulnerable for me too, you know. Um, it was, it was vulnerable for me to be letting go so fully in a space that I was facilitating, not just your ceremony, but the retreat as well. Yeah. Um, and the sisterhood. Right. And, but it just, you know, there was also, you know, I was aware of that vulnerability and I completely surrendered to it because it felt so important and so honoring of, of you and of myself and of the relationship that we, had and have the relationship that we had and the love that we have. Um, cause that's, you know, all that I knew at that moment. And, um, and yeah, it was deep and it went on for a good while. Like I was, <laughs> yeah, I was just laying on you, you know, sobbing for quite a while. It was very profound. Um, yeah. And then eventually coming and sitting back down and I think there might've, maybe I was the last person. Do you remember?
0: That feels right. I yeah, don't, I don't clearly remember. I think
1: I was. I think I was the last person to go up there, um, and and then that's when Sally sang "Blackbird," right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Ugh, which was just like, you know, uh, do you have words? <laughs>
0: well, I was just thinking about like Sally saying I had asked her to sing "I'll Fly Away," right. And she chose to sing Blackbird instead, which is hilarious because I'm supposed to be dead and not having any feelings about this, you know? And she she sang it and it was the most perfect thing. And then I remember she also also quoted a line from Rent Mm. um, that's something along the lines of like you always said that you were so lucky to have us, but it was us. Like it was us, babe. We were the lucky ones. Right, 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 right. And, and I'm gonna cry now. You know, yeah. like that moment. Mm-hmm. I remember being the like the one moment where I almost, <laughs> I almost mm-hmm. broke. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Ah. Oh. Mm. And. It feels really good to share that, you know, the reason going into this retreat. Everyone that has been listening to the podcast will know that I had just had a huge clearing with my mother. Mm-hmm. That we had had a very emotional few days leading into the retreat. And then mm-hmm. we came to the retreat, retreat and there was so much magic.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And what kept coming up for me was a kind of a resentment I was feeling because I have, you know, I supported my best friend Ginny mm-hmm. through a transition, right, off of this planet, and I've supported my father through that transition, and I was having this like feeling of like, when do I get to be supported? in my transition, which mm-hmm. is a really weird thing to think, you know, it's not like I had a death wish, but it was kind of like, I need to be on the other side of this experience emotionally. Mm-hmm. Cause I've done the earth side of it so much. Right. Mm.
1: And so what was it like for you in terms of how you viewed you know, that service and that support that you had offered, you know, to those people who you loved so much at like having come through on the other side or whatever, you know, the closest thing at least to the other side of it that, that we can experience while still being here, mm-hmm. you know, what was like, what did, what was, what were the shifts for you around that? And, and like, I'm curious if you feel like sharing, like, you know, did you notice some of those shifts right away? You know, it's been a year. So like, what has Mm -hmm. there been, like, I, I imagine there's been like a continued deepening into that and, um, continued openings as you've integrated. And I'm curious to hear about that. If you feel like sharing.
0: Yeah, of course. So
1: <clears throat>
0: hmm. At the end of the ceremony, I had communicated to you ahead of time that I wanted everyone to leave and to leave me alone. Mm-hmm. And oof, I didn't know I was gonna mm-hmm. feel emotional about this part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um I had been so eager for you guys to get there. Mm. When you guys left, it was so peaceful for me to be like, and now they're gone. Mm-hmm. They were here and now they're gone. And then I got up and took off my clothes <laughs> and <laughs> all went swimming, all of them. I got totally naked and I went <laughs> swimming naked in the ocean by myself. Mm-hmm. And Then when I emerged from the ocean, you were waiting there with a cold coconut, (laughs) right? which did feel like walking into heaven. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And it was interesting because there wasn't, I think part of the reason I wanted to have this conversation is because you could be like, well, this is all just make-believe. You just had a Mm -hmm. fake funeral for yourself. What kind of like spiritual awakening does that transition, you know, Mm -hmm. or does that facilitate? Mm -hmm. And for me, there was just this feeling of peace afterwards. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And then in the weeks and months following, my body is shaking while I talk. So if I sound funny, Mm I can feel that. Removing a lot of energy as I tap into this memory. Mm-hmm. Um, I had this funeral, and then the anniversary of my dad's death was just a couple days later. Right. And you were there to support me through that as well.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then I came home, and I started really stepping into my power.
1: Mm hmm.
0: And that (laughs) brought about a whole lot of other endings, Mm -hmm. you know? And the other thing that I really noticed was that I seemed to have somehow shifted entirely the way I understood the world. Right. It was like in having this experience, I somehow let go of... The dualistic worldview that most people are anchored in,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, life and death, right and wrong, good and bad. Mm-hmm. And things became much more fluid for me. Mm-hmm. It was like I no longer identified with the belief that there is right and wrong
1: right.
0: or that I could ever be bad you know, it was like this layer of shame and self-hatred that I didn't realize I was letting go of in that moment.
1: Mm.
0: However, whatever we released that day mm-hmm. set in motion, I feel like, everything that's happened since.
1: Right. Right. You know something is just coming into my awareness right now and I can't quite put my finger on it but I remember when so that day before when you had come to me and we're sharing about what was coming through for you around your ceremony. And I remember saying something oh it was something about separation. I remember saying yeah and it's something about the separation. Do you remember? And you were like, yes. Do you remember that? Or what, what specifically that was?
0: I think it was really around fear of separation.
1: Right. And, no. oh, right. Cause I had been, yeah, I remember that I was aware of, I was acutely aware of thought patterns within myself, even between you and I, um, and, also in just that you know because I had been coaching you and stuff that I was noticing and you knew around where there was just thoughts that caused separation, you know, that caused it to feel like, you know, we're separate. And not and and of course we are separate, but in a way that wasn't feeling um good, I think, ultimately. Um, And so I had been aware of that both within myself and the sisterhood collectively. I had noticed it in you, at least from my perspective. And um, that was coming to me around part of the gift of you doing that ceremony and that releasing. was. That's a huge part of what I remember it being Mm -hmm. that was coming up. Do you remember that?
0: I do remember that, and of course, you know, again, that goes back to, like, I've experienced these really impactful deaths in my life, and I wanted to, I think, let go of some of the charge mm. around those perceived separations. Right. Which is what made it so interesting that when you guys walked away after it was over, and I just felt this return mm. to peace. Mm-hmm. It was maybe the first time that I've experienced a separation in a state of total peace.
1: Hmm. That's huge.
0: Yeah. It was the first time I've ever really understood that experience comes and goes. Mm -hmm. And that we are simply privileged for the experience that we get to have while we're having it. And that there's no way to hold on to it, you know? Right. And I mean, what's so interesting is that I think going through this self initiation, you know, like I said, when it the day it happened, I was like, Oh, that was a really interesting experience but I wasn't necessarily like, Wow, that was so powerful mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. Right. It was really as I like integrated the experience in the coming weeks and months that I started to understand yeah, that something had really shifted. And, you know, I wondered if this would come up between us and you can tell me if you feel good about opening up into this energy. But I really also feel like that ceremony was <laughs> like the beginning of the end in terms of me being a part of the sisterhood that you were
1: facilitating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I see that for sure. And I feel like, like I had said before, like it was kind of, I felt like it was kind of already beginning. Um, I mean, it feels, it felt almost like the entire (laughs) From the moment I
0: said, yes.
1: Yeah. Right. Was the beginning of that, of the end, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Um, in in different ways, so yeah. It, I and but so for me, it was almost like it had already begin begun to end, and that was like the kind of like a, I don't know, like a. What's that word? Like a like a peak, or like kind of like the the moment where the two worlds mm-hmm. were in half. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And it's so interesting too. You know, you were talking about kind of the magnitude of grief that came up for you and how, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: how you really surrendered to that expression. Mm -hmm. I'll share, I feel vulnerable sharing this with you. I'm going to share it anyway, Mm -hmm. that in that experience, I really, really felt everyone's emotions except for yours hmm. and I remember at the time questioning the authenticity of your expression.
1: Wow, really interesting.
0: Yeah, so you want to talk about thoughts that cause separation. <laughs> right. You know? And what's really interesting is that this has really come full circle for me lately I think there was a lot going on that contributed to that. However, I think the thing that was going on most was just like my own judgment that I was holding. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And I didn't realize this until very recently. I was listening to a podcast actually that Alanis Morissette hosts and she, so she is holding the space. She's hosting the podcast. She's doing an interview with Byron Katie, Mm -hmm. And it's all business. And then Byron Katie starts leading Alanis through the work, which is Byron Katie's uh, therapeutic process that she uses. It's really beautiful.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And Alanis went from being like so together and so being the facilitator Mm -hmm. into such deep emotion so fast that listening to her, I went, wow, it sounds almost like There's no way she went that deep that fast. She must be faking it. And as soon as I had that thought, I thought, oh my God, Mm. that's a fear that's coming up for me around this podcast is that when you're facilitating and you do allow yourself to drop in Mm
1: -hmm.
0: to the experience fully and surrender to the emotion that's coming up, there are going to be a lot of people who doubt the authenticity of that.
1: Mm. Yeah, so interesting, too, because for me, it was, uh, it was different from the sense of I wasn't concerned about, well, my, like my mind wasn't concerned about looking authentic or not. I had the whole like, oh, well, what if I don't seem uh, like, you know, capable of facilitating or continuing to hold space? What if people don't feel as safe? um, you know, being supported by me or whatever, which, and both of those, in my opinion, are just totally, you know, not, um, that's not true. Like that's absurd Mm -hmm. from both ends. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's just really incredible how I'm seeing all these things come full circle, you know, having invited you to come back on the podcast and have this Mm -hmm. conversation with me Mm -hmm. and After we scheduled it, I think, is when I had this moment of hearing Alanis and and realizing this judgment and then immediately connecting it back to this experience of being in ceremony together. Mm. And being like, oh, it's just all of that is just a mirror of my own fear about how I'll be judged as I step into a space in my life where I'm simultaneously facilitating something. Mm. While also giving myself over entirely to the experience and letting people witness that,
1: right, right, which you do so beautifully, you know, you're so, you're so good at that. So I'm really grateful for the courage and the bravery that you bring into your expression because I know just from witnessing you how. Um, how healing and liberating it is to, to witness that, you know? Thank you. Mm -hmm.
0: Another thing that's really present for me right now, and again, this is more for anybody who's like self-initiated ceremonies. What are they talking about? (laughs) These ladies are crazy. (laughs) Uh, That last night I recorded my first Monday Night Raw, which mm-hmm. has already gone live. Ah. Yay. <laughs> and, yay. I'm so nervous. Uh, <laughs> I, I think nobody's listened to it yet, probably, hopefully. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that last night I was so aware that from an actual calendar Standpoint that we were right on top of this anniversary of this big self initiation, and that last night recording that first episode by myself felt like another big self initiation.
1: Mm.
0: And it was doing it this time around in kind of like holding the space for myself rather than having a facilitator mm-hmm. hold space for me the way you so beautifully have done in the past. Mm-hmm it made me understand so much more the importance of self-initiation.
1: Mm. Yeah. Oh, there's so many things that I want to say. One of Good. them say is... say them all. <laughs> yeah, one of them is that um, I am just really celebrating and honoring you for doing that podcast and that you're choosing to do that. Um I'm just thinking back to one of the first times that you did a Facebook live and, um, you were, you were uh, moving your, you were moving emotion as you were feeling into another person's circumstance, I think, and, um, letting that move through you and allowing us to witness that and, um, I just think that's so powerful, and it's you know that's you like that's just such a big gift. That's a medicine that you hold, and um, I appreciate that so much. You know, I think that's so valuable and so powerful for um, people to witness. And I think it requires such courage, which you obviously have. Um, Never been a question in my mind about that. That's for sure, Um, and. So I'm excited for what you're doing, and I do hope that people listen, you know, I and I know that they will, and I'm just, so that's huge, and I really want to honor you and um, celebrate you for that. Just I even just feel like I need to take a breath and, and really breathe into that in, in honor of you right now.
0: Mm, okay, I'll really receive that. <laughs> mm. I'm like, let's just go back and forth now sharing memories because I have one coming through.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's hear it.
0: (laughs) It's so, it's, I mean, I'm like, nobody listening that has not been intimately involved in my life can really, really understand Mm -hmm. like the perfection of the path that I'm on. So I had been with you in the first sisterhood of Angels of Intuition. hmm And then I signed up for round two. And mom and I recorded a podcast earlier today in which I shared that I said to you originally, if my mom's doing it, I'm not doing it. Right. And then she came into the container. Right. And I stayed. Um, and as I've alluded to a few moments ago in our conversation, I actually ended up leaving this container of sisterhood mm-hmm. before before we planned (laughs) right um but what I'm really present to right now is the call that we had when we were trying to discern whether or not it was truly in alignment for me to be in this second sisterhood with you Mm -hmm. we had kind of a discovery call and I don't know if you remember it But we were on the phone, and you were, like, tapping into the energy that you felt in my field, and it was the same kind of thing where you're like, I need to take a minute, and you actually started crying, and there was the message that was coming through was around... I mean, the words in my head right now, basically like around me empowering the whole world. I don't think that's the way that you, Mm -hmm. that you put it, but you were like, I'm just having this vision of you being a source of empowerment for so many people. Mm -hmm. And I, I could feel it, but not, I wasn't being able to tap into it the way that you were. Right. Which is why it's so important to call in people who can hold space for the higher vibrations in our field that we yeah. haven't yet learned how to access,
1: right? Yeah, 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 it's such a gift.
0: And it's so interesting now because everything feels so perfect, including that decision we made together for me to leave the sisterhood.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because I know that it's all now brought me here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: To this point where I'm ready to step into that kind of radical vulnerability. Yeah. Inside the container of this podcast. Yeah. Mm. Hmm. <laughs> and it feels important to say that, like, the journey was not what I would call easy. <laughs> you know like I would agree you and I really 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 tried to sustain the relationship that we were in until it became clear that that wasn't in alignment
1: yeah yeah we really did I really we fought against that, that
0: separation
1: <laughs> exactly I know I know and mm. the judgments of it right I think that's the the main thing it's like that the judgment around what does it what does this mean then you know, yeah, yeah. What does this mean about decisions, actions, appearance, and also what does this mean about life beyond this moment? Yeah, which you know, not only could feel scary, but also mm-hmm. there was some attachment, which is funny because coming back to the word that came up for you was you know, around non attachment. At the beginning of our call here, but yeah, yeah, it it was uh, (laughs) a it was it was a tender time. Wasn't that a tender experience for us? Yeah, (laughs) I mean that's that's almost like not even the right word. There was many things tender and like
0: so filled with all kinds of feeling. Yeah. And I think that's like something that I really am deepening into is that for me, the coaches that I've worked with, I've learned so much simply from their presence, because I think that's number one, why we ever agree to work with someone is because we resonate deeply with their personal presence. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: But secondly, If I had to be like the number two way I've learned is, is from feeling let down by, hurt by, judged Mm -hmm. by, unloved by, unvalued by, unseen by (laughs) the women I've paid to support me,
1: you Mm -hmm. know? Right. And that actually came up in our very first coaching call together. Did it? Remember? Yeah. Do you remember, um...
0: Probably because I was like, I don't want this experience to be like my last one. Is that why? Yeah, it was
1: (laughs) that came up. Yeah, you were it was because I was not recording. (laughs) I was not recording the calls, right? And I was like, for
0: what I'm paying you, you should be recording this and delivering me a file and yada, yada. Like so entitled.
1: Well, and and but but I wasn't seeing it that way at all because it was like, wow, okay, good. So like, are you ready to like look at that? Because that's. You know, somewhere inside of you, like that experience of not being supported fully was like really real for you. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, and and because you were so receptive and willing to be in that vulnerable space with me right off the bat, and you trusted, we were able to shift through that really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, that layer of it, anyways.
0: Yeah, well, and the thing that's most present for me is that whether I'm talking about my work with you or working with Tara Marino, which is the woman that I was Mm -hmm. blessed enough to work with before working with you, it's that I have grown so much more in the time since we've like, quote unquote, stopped working together. Mm. Um, But it's as I've continued to work through all of those feelings that Mm -hmm. your presence has activated for me.
1: Right. Yeah. Even if those
0: feelings weren't like quote unquote good, which is the incredible thing about agreeing to exchange energy with someone is you can't necessarily control how that energy is going to be received or how that energy is going to be activated inside their experience, you know? So a lot of my learning has been through being incredibly triggered and being in a place of really powerful judgment.
1: Hmm. Yeah. And I think like everyone kind of moves at a different pace, you know, and it depends on like how big is the energy that we're moving through in each chapter of our lives um, I because I can relate to some of what you're saying, like for what I mean is like with some of my teachers and um, coaches or guides, I've had a similar experience where, you know, it's almost like the real work happened through or after releasing them and them releasing me or however you want to say it. Um, but then I've also had other people other facilitators in my life where it happened during and within. And so it just, for me, it's been, um, like both and same as like with clients, like there's a lot of clients who, you know, it's not until like, well, not a lot, but there's been a couple clients where it's like, it's not until like a year later and they're like, oh my God, it's all clicking. Holy shit. Like, thank you so much. Like I get it now. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's some where it's like, no, it's like it's in real time. But I think it depends on what a person's moving through and then each of our own individual processes. Um, but you are and that's the thing about you, Tyler, is like you are a big energy and you move through big things like your life. You, you've you been through a lot already, you know, already on this planet like yeah you're not even like a third way through your life and it's already so much (laughs) you know and so I that makes sense to me that that's been your experience Mm
0: -hmm. yeah I said I said the other day to Matt he's I don't know he's asking if I was okay and I was like I'm just moving through some really big energies right now (laughs) and he was like he, not in a, mean, he didn't say it in a mean way, but he was like, baby, you're always moving through big energies.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: and I was like, it's true. It's true. I'm constantly <laughs> dealing with like the death of my father or, you know, um, mm. not really, not on such an overt level, but like little things come up and I like to go into them.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm similar. Means,
0: yeah, that we're constantly like diving into the depths. Yeah.
1: And that's real work. And it's, it's a gift and it's, you know, it's not, it's not necessarily the easiest path, you know, I've been moving through a pretty massive death of my own, which is part of the reason why this podcast is such beautiful timing on my end. And, and, you know, watching myself move through this experience, like I am just so immersed in it and mm-hmm. I, and I'm moving through it with such uh care and such like, it's just, it's, it's almost like it's consuming, but, and so that can be hard, but also it's such a gift when this is also this sort of work that we do. It's like, yeah, I, I do the deep, I do the deep work and I can support people through deep things because of that and that's beautiful as challenging as it can be, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't you can't guide somebody if you haven't been there. Yeah. In a way.
1: Yeah, it's definitely different, you know, to work with someone who's walked that path versus someone who's kind of going by a learned, you know, cognitive knowing versus like a felt experiential knowing. I think the best is both. If you can have someone who's supporting you through with both of those pieces, that's, um, that's my favorite.
0: Mm, I agree. Uh, I want to share with you, (laughs) you know, we're talking about like big deaths. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a, a really incredible awareness around a belief system or yeah, I guess a belief I was holding or an understanding I was holding yesterday and it's about money. So I would love to share it with you because for anybody who doesn't know Caitlin's work, she works a lot, a lot with prosperity consciousness.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: And so I'm excited to celebrate this awareness with you.
1: Hmm. I
0: realized, I think it was yesterday that, you know, part of the story of my life, as I've always told it, is that my... My dad, my parents, they filed for bankruptcy. I'm not sure if it was before or after I was born, but it was right around the time that I was born. Mm-hmm. Wow. And it wasn't until yesterday that I was like, oh my God, mm-hmm. <laughs> the story I've been telling <sighs> correlates my entrance into the world with my parents being bankrupted. And yeah, that's huge. How can that not
1: oh my god, affect everything? <laughs> yeah, it's so massive. Wow. Um, Since we're on that um <laughs> on the on the money prosperity insights sharing train, I want to share with you just a really profound awareness that I had around my own prosperity journey and money journey over the last little bit. Um that I think would be I mean, it's super valuable for anyone. So basically, and like I knew this already, but it's just sunk in at a deeper level. So um, basically, like when we're growing up, we have role models and generally, you know, not for everyone, but for a lot of people, it's like, you know, it's a mother and a father or two mothers or two fathers or whatever. There's usually like two roles that we're kind of witnessing um, in everything, but we're talking about money right now. So basically we're looking at Either the mother's side or the father's side, or both. And what we can tend to do is we're seeing, well, and I guess it depends on kind of like the health of our parents' relationships with each other and all of that jazz. But basically, in my family, um, so my mom has always had like a steady income and she's a nurse. So she's, you know, kind of been like really consistent, but nothing like, Over the top in terms of like wealth and stuff. And my dad was an entrepreneur and he had lots of money and he spent a ton of money um, and at one point went bankrupt. Um, And then the other piece of this is that my, so from my perspective, it always looked to me like my dad, my mom got the short end of the stick. Um, Like she wasn't. Yeah, she didn't, she didn't have as much money to spend. It kind of just seemed like she got the shitty deal um, in a big, big way. And so I, as a little girl, was like, generally we identify more with one parent than the other. And then we'll kind of like recreate the other in our lives. So I identified with my mom and basically said, um, I am not doing that. I don't want to have what my mom had at all, like, and it was a strong vow that I made, like, I am not having the experience that my mom had, and so what that did for me, though, was put me in the position of kind of, like, unconsciously deciding to be my dad in the circumstance, because we only have the two to go off of as young kids, right, and so as soon as I made that vow that I'm never going to end up like my mom, that's not fair, I don't want that, like, no thank you, so then I started Like I had no idea, but I was starting to create my dad's situation. And if you could see like the unfolding of my journey with money and put it up against my dad's, it's just been so, and including like how my partners have shown up similar to the role that my mom's had um, in, in my mom and dad's relationship. Like, it's just been like, so crazy, the story. Um, so that was pretty cool for me. It just like, there was a deeper awareness around it that came through a little while ago. And, you know, just choosing in that awareness that, okay, there are other role models. I don't have to be my mom or my dad in this. I can create, you know, a whole new map, um, of what this story looks like for me. So
0: I love that.
1: Yeah. I'm so glad
0: that you say that too. Mm. It's so, of course it's perfect. (laughs) I'll tell Mm. you why. Mm. It's because like in coming to, you know, it's like, I'm really being called to create this podcast and to be very vulnerable and to share a lot of my inner processing Mm -hmm. and in trying to understand the why behind that, it's because I am beginning to realize that until we see something in the world modeled for us, right, it is not possible for us. right. You know, it's like you have to, there's, we have these, I'm sure you know this, we have these things called mirror neurons.
1: Mm. I don't know if I've actually heard, oh, oh, maybe. Tell I me more, about, tell me
0: more. I heard about these mirror neurons the other day and I, it's really, really changing the way I'm understanding my own purpose Mm. um and basically it's just that like your mirror neurons get activated basically when you see something that you want in the world Mm. and that the experience can be pleasurable or it can be triggering
1: right
0: however once you've seen the thing that you want and your mirror neurons have picked up on it then it's like all of a sudden a whole new world of possibility opens up for you because as soon as you've seen it, you can manifest it into your own life.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: And so I realized that what I'm hoping to do is just kind of day in and day out, model a way of Mm. moving through the world and a specific orientation of thinking that maybe people haven't been fully exposed to.
1: Mm. Well, you do do that. Well, thank you, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's I see that for sure. I love I mean, that, Kyla. thank you, mhm-,
0: and of course, you know so much of that activation <laughs> that I've had has been in relationship with you and with other people that have contributed to my growth
1: Mhm, mm. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm grateful for all of the ways that I've been, you know, an activator and supporter and um, any of the ways that I've been able to help you to be who you are, which has just always been so amazing. And now, though, seeing it all um, starting to really radiate out, you know, I've always Mm -hmm. seen such a huge vision for you. and it's just so exciting to see you coming into this time of it really being an outward expression. And not that it's any less valuable when we're in the times of doing, you know, the more inward work and inner expressions and stuff like that, but it's just more visible, right? So it's more fun a little bit. Um, it's exciting. It's exciting to witness. Yeah, it all it's exciting coming.
0: to get to a place where you can invite other people to play with you.
1: Yeah. Yeah, totally, totally. Which uh,
0: I, w- you know, I was like, I want to say, I'm so jealous of your <laughs> upcoming retreat that's happening that Sally's attending, mm. and this will come out after the fact. So, anyone who's listening who's also feeling some envy. I'm gonna put all of Caitlin's information everywhere around Mm. this episode launch, so that you can find her and follow her and participate in a retreat with her if you feel so called. I can't recommend that experience highly enough. Mm. Thank you, and also you're you're welcome. You're also just like the most like I just love you so much. Everyone Mm -hmm. should be your best friend. (laughs) I love
1: you too. I love you too.
0: Is there anything else that's really present for you before we have our final questions?
1: Hmm. Yes. Well, okay, wait. I don't know (laughs) what your final questions are, but as you asked that, I just felt like, I don't know what, yeah, I don't know what your questions are, but a question that's alive for me is I would love if you can just share like a little bit of a recap on what, a little bit more about what it's like to be, you know, rebirthed having gone through the death rebirthed and now living as this new woman like is there any like little i just feel like it'd be nice to kind of come full circle if you can share any of that
0: yeah. hmm. interesting interesting so. <laughs> What is present for me, most present, is that we have the power to choose rebirth in any moment, hmm. and, you know, I think it's interesting, you shared something a little bit earlier that prompted this for me, and I didn't, I didn't speak it however now it wants to be said, You were talking about, you know, like going in and doing the deep work and for me creating this podcast, it's really like been two and a half weeks Mm. since it came back into my life and since then it's become a full-time job in the most beautiful way and I realized I was feeling the story I was telling around it when people would ask me how I was doing was kind of like, I feel like I might be overwhelmed at any moment. Mm. And then I realized that that was the story I was telling. And I was like, well, that's not a good story. Oh, <laughs> right. Right. Um, and the way I was able to reframe it is that really what it just feels like is I'm riding a wave.
1: Mm.
0: Like yeah. literally surfing, which is interesting because I went surfing for a few days immediately after our retreat last year.
1: I'm totally <laughs> picturing that um, photo of you right now. Hmm.
0: Hmm. And that was present in something you said a moment ago, you know, about doing this deep work and you didn't use the word overwhelmed, but it was something around how having gone through this kind of experience of death in various forms, whether it was like an actual death of someone in my life or an ego death that happened with growth or this self initiated ceremony. That what i really learned is like writing the experience is just like riding a wave. Mm. And yeah, all waves return to the ocean. You know, mm-hmm. you will be overwhelmed in a minute. You'll be overwhelmed back into the ocean, the collective. Right. Right, the all that is all.
1: Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, I'm grateful that you're saying that. One of the big things that's been really alive for me lately is just really validating all of my feelings,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like really, really, you know, like, like yes, there's a time to like, okay, well, write a new story, put it mm-hmm. like, put it in a new way, and. Um, But that, and that doesn't take away from the importance of validating a feeling, Mm -hmm. you know, because they are all valid and they are all part of the journey and they all have a place and a purpose Mm -hmm. and they can all change in a moment.
0: Right. Those waves of experience.
1: Yeah. And I feel like a feeling stays for as long as it needs to, to be fully accepted, and validated,
0: and integrated,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, and yep. alchemized. Exactly. There you go. There's the that's if there's one word I've learned from Caitlin Ecker, it's alchemized. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And I feel like the alchemy comes after the acceptance. Personally, like it's part of it, but it's like the real. You know, if we were like looking at it as a visual, it would actually the change happens after that full integration and acceptance
0: uh, the word that's coming through for me is surrender
1: mm-hmm. yeah
0: after you surrender to the feeling
1: mm-hmm. right
0: to the experience yeah uh, well one of my closing questions is to ask you to share with me how you're feeling right now in one word
1: hmm. The word that's coming is open. Mm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say surrendered.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I they're similar. They're the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: hmm. Hmm. And my final question. Usually, I ask if you could go back to a year ago today and speak directly to yourself. What would you say? I'm not sure that that's. The most appropriate framing, since this really is kind of a a conversation that's been about both of our experience. Mm. I'm like, if you could talk to both of us <laughs> for mm. right now, is there anything that you would say to us?
1: Mm, yes, I would say, just continue to focus on the love that is eternal. Mm. <laughs>
0: Yeah. yeah, I could have really used that advice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, and I think, you know, the depths of that being so integrated now for both of us is in big part because of that ceremony, because mm-hmm. the, that piece around letting go of the separation, like to me, it's it's focusing on the eternity of love that moves me past separation you know, so (laughs) we definitely both could have used that advice and now we have it to give in a really anchored in way. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. We've anchored that truth. Anybody (laughs) who needs help with that?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
0: Well, Caitlin, thank you. I, I really, I don't have words. Mm -hmm. I was, I was, having fear come up that it wouldn't be aligned for us to have this conversation. And I can't adequately express how deeply grateful I am for your presence here with me today mm-hmm. and your presence
1: mm-hmm.
0: with me a year ago through that ceremony. And a couple days after that, supporting me on the anniversary of my father's passing to mm-hmm. have you there with me and, all the ways you've been with me before then and since then, and, (laughs) you -hmm. know, time's not real. So you're always with me. And I want to thank you so much for your incredible presence.
1: Mm -hmm. (sighs) Thank you. And you're welcome. And I'm so honored. I'm really so honored. I'm grateful for all of the experiences. I'm so grateful as well.
0: And thanks to everybody who's out there listening.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's been an honor. Go today,
0: yay! (laughs) All right. Well, I love you, Caitlin. I'll talk to you soon. I hope. And I. Is there anything else?
1: Mm -mm. I love you too.
0: (laughs) Mm, Thank you. I'm really receiving that love. Mm. Um, And listeners, I love you. So I guess this is goodbye until next time. Bye-bye.